G'day, welcome to Partaker's Podcast. Come and listen. Reading Psalm 62, starting at verse 1. My soul rests in God alone. My salvation is from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I will never be greatly shaken. How long will you assault a man? Would all of you throw him down? like a leaning wall, like a tottering fence. They fully intend to throw him down from his lofty place. They delight in lies. They bless him with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. My soul waits in silence for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I would not be shaken. God is my salvation and my honour. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Surely men of low degree are just a breath, and men of high degree are a lie. In the balances they will go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Don't trust in oppression. Don't become vain in robbery. If riches increase, don't set your heart on them. God has spoken once. Twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. Also to you, Lord, belongs loving kindness, for you reward every man according to his work. I wonder what you trust in. We all know that you can't trust the London Underground and other public transport, unless you are trusting them not to be on time. And you can trust the bus, but you can only trust them so far as to come in a group of twos or threes after you've waited for for them for at least half an hour. You can't even trust modern technology. The latest computers used to do your work more often than not will break down just when you need them most. Then you have to trust your computer manager to fix the problem for you, And you can't even trust him to fix the problem because some part is broken so you have to call out the repair person to come and replace the part that is broken. And wouldn't you know it, he's had to go to the doctor because he's got some problem with his knees and has had to go and have emergency surgery and all the other repair people are far too busy to fix your computer so that you can get the urgent report out to prove to your boss that he can trust you. Trust in the world today is a missing ingredient. The one thing that most people today will say they trust in is themselves and only themselves. The world says to trust yourself. Don't rely on anything else. The world says that all other things are totally unreliable and the only object you can trust in is yourself because you know what you can do and you should only ask for help if you are really desperate for it. So, it's like a refreshing breath of clean air or fresh air that we come to Psalm 62. Living in a world which cynically says trust only yourself, Psalm 62 reflects like a mirror the thoughts of God to our minds and our hearts as we open them up to Him. When God says trust me, He is totally trustworthy and worthy of trust.
This man, King David, knew that God was like that. Throughout his life, except for when he sinned, he trusted in God fully. God trusted David trusted God when he hid in the mountains and caves from Saul, Absalom, and all others that were after him. Psalm 62 tells us that David's only hope, honour, refuge, rest, and salvation was in God. This psalm contains phrases that can be found in other psalms, such as Psalm 18, or even in 2 Samuel chapter 22, where David sung and prayed when he was in trouble and needed rescuing. In these 12 verses of Psalm 62, we can see the things that David trusted in God for throughout his life. David trusted in God for his salvation, both physically and spiritually. Verses 1 and 2 and 5 and 7. He didn't trust in anything or anyone else. Verses 3 and 4, 9 and 10. And he knew that God would show his justice and mercy to both himself and also to his enemies, verses 11 to 12. And we know from the book of First Chronicles that Jedithan was one of the chief musicians appointed to David, by David, to lead the music. We don't know exactly when Psalm 62 was written, but it was probably written while David was under extreme pressure, as indicated in verse 3. However, it seems to impress upon us that David is growing in confidence as he writes the thoughts of his heart and the secret of finding rest and trust in God alone. This psalm has the style of being written in a great hurry, of a prayer waiting for God to answer, and of a conviction that grows renewed, firmer and ever deeper. David goes progressively from trusting God for his life to trusting God to show mercy and justice to him and also to his enemies. And Psalm 62 can be divided into three parts, all based on trust, with two positives and one negative. Firstly, God's trustworthy salvation. Secondly, not trusting in ungodly desires and objects. And lastly, God's trustworthy justice and mercy. And in each section, we now have some questions for you to meditate upon and answer. Then you can share with your spouse or a close friend and pray over any issues together. So the first section, section 1, God's trustworthy salvation, verses 1 to 2 and 5 to 8. Question 1. From where does David's salvation, rest, peace, refuge, hope and honour come from? And why do you think that David attributes these things to God? And how can we be seen to be doing these same things? Question 2. Why do you think that David thought of God as his rock of salvation? Do you think that as David was hidden in rocks and caves from enemies, that this would have been on his mind when he wrote these words? We know today that Jesus Christ is the rock of salvation. But why do you think that God can be described and trusted as a rock of salvation? Section 2. No trust in other things for hope, salvation, honour, refuge or rest. Verses 3 to 4 and 9 to 10. Question 3. What do the ungodly take delight in 
and why. What is suggested that godly people do not desire? In question 4, is it only the ungodly who are hypocrites? Verse 4, how can Christians be hypocritical? And if so, is it because of a lack of trust in God? And section 3, trust in God's justice and mercy. Verses 11 to 12. Question 5. At first glance, verse 12 seems to suggest God's justice. But is it also about God's mercy? And how can justice and mercy be combined like that? And you may need or may like to refer to Romans chapter 2, verse 6. And question 6. How is God strong and loving towards you today, but also in the past? Finally, if you are not yet a Christian, and after hearing this would like to become one, then it is very easy. If you want to turn to God, there is no need for delay. He is ready and willing to take you as his own right now. He wants you to trust him. You only have to ask him to forgive you, and to give you help on the journey ahead. There's a partnership between God and yourself, a relationship. The act of deciding to change course in midlife is what is called conversion, or deciding to become a Christian. When you place your faith in Jesus Christ, becoming utterly dependent upon him, you turn to God. You don't need to do or change anything in order to become a follower of Jesus Christ. However, once you have made that decision, you leave behind your spiritual isolation and your rebellion against him. As you live each day, becoming more involved with him day by day, you'll find yourself changing. You'll stop doing those things that separated you from him. You'll find yourself doing things that please Jesus and develop your relationship with him. How do you develop this relationship? Sin, or what alienates you from God, controls your rebellion against him in your attitudes and your activities. God asks that you accept his guidance and management of your life. His point of view and his strength become your point of view and your source of strength. You turn your mind, your will, and your heart to him for all you do. And if you want to become a Christian, there are three simple steps to follow. Firstly, admit that you have done wrong against God and his ways. Then believe and trust in Jesus Christ. Call on him, receive, trust, obey and worship him, recognizing him for who he is and what he has done. And then lastly, confess Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Once sin has been confessed, Jesus is believed in and trusted in the Saviour, then you are a Christian. Your trust in salvation is now with God. And now you are ready, as Peter writes in the Bible, to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the family of God. God has chosen you, Jesus has paid for you, and he has put his mark within you through his Holy Spirit. Like King David and countless people today, you are trusting only in God for your salvation. That's it for today. Come back every day to www.partakers.co.uk 
whether it's something uploaded to help you as a Christian disciple, wherever you are in this world, to live for Jesus Christ. Our books are also available on our Amazon site at www.pulptheology.com. See you later.